All right, all right, everyone. This time we're talking about what to focus on next. So take your seats, please. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast. I'm Brock Armstrong, and you will soon hear from my co-host, Monica Reinagel. And our goal here in this podcast is to help you focus on the most meaningful changes that you can make in your life in order to achieve your goals, whatever they may be. And that is what we're going to dig into in this episode. And, you know, as we discussed in a recent episode with Dr. Johnson, people with ADHD often struggle to stay focused or even to decide what to focus on first. So this seemed like a great opportunity to revisit this topic via an older episode of the Change Academy podcast. I believe it was episode number 20 called Why You Need to Focus. But obviously, even though we were reminded of this previous episode that I'm going to play for you right away because of Dr. Johnson's tips for people with ADHD, people without an ADHD diagnosis can struggle with this as well. There are lots of things competing for our attention all the time. So many things. Wait, is that a squirrel? Wait, uh, uh, anyway. Now, before I roll this episode, here are some points that we would like you to listen for. The first thing is how and why you might want to make a list of all the changes that you would like to make. Another thing we'd like you to listen for is why you should choose no more than three things to focus on and how to put all the others on hold. For now, anyway, not permanently on hold. And then another thing you might want to listen for is why you need to estimate how long you will need to focus on each one of the changes you want to make in, in order to either accomplish it or create a solid habit. Each one of your goals will have a different timeline. And finally, pay attention for the part where we talk about how to decide what the very first step for each one will be and when, where, and how you will take that first step. And you know what? There's one thing that we didn't actually mention in this episode that I'd like to remind you of, because we've said it before on this podcast, is that it can be valuable to get input or feedback from a coach or a trusted friend when we're trying to make decisions about how and where to focus. Other people's trusted perspective can be really helpful. All right, let's roll tape. The majority of us well, we have a laundry list of aspects of our lives and of ourselves that we'd like to change. And while that is totally a great place to start, especially when you're working on creating a more fulfilling life, the problem is that when we try to make a bunch of changes all at once, well, we end up changing pretty much nothing. <laughs> and that is where learning the ability to focus comes in. So that's what we're going to get into in this episode. But first, we actually have a voicemail, which is kind of fun, and it comes from listener Stephanie. So here's what Stephanie had to say. Hi, Brock. It's Stephanie. I just have a few questions about change. I feel like there's so many things that I should be doing or that I want to incorporate into my day, but I just cannot find the time uh, to complete all of them. So I love your morning routine. I love your ab exercises. I love yoga and meditation. And it just seems that I get to a point that I'm just so overwhelmed uh, on what I should do that I end up doing a lot less than <laughs> I also would like to do. So if you have any tips for that uh, or an answer, that would be greatly appreciated. Awesome. Bye. So I wrote back to Stephanie after she sent us that voicemail and I gave her some specific kind of instructions, mostly based around the idea that 
she was sort of focusing on, which was more of a time management, I think, kind of issue. But I think it really actually stems into exactly what we're going to talk about today in terms of focus. But anyway, this is what I wrote back to Stephanie. I said, I gave her three points. The first one was to not to try to do everything every single day, just plan on one or maybe two meaningful activities per day. And then you know what? Often when we do that, we magically have more time for more things than we think. And and that's great. But if you plan for just that one thing, you don't feel like a failure if that's all you get done. Then number two was to stack some of those activities. And if you're not familiar with the, the stacking sort of thing, that just means incorporating things into one activity rather than trying to do them as discrete. So instead of going for a 20-minute walk and then buying groceries, walk to the grocery store. That's, that's an example of stacking. So I suggested to stack the activities when she can. And the third thing was to shake the all-or-nothing mentality and... Just remember that, you know, if you can't fit in a whole workout, doing one set of push-ups really is just great. And if you can't fit in a whole half-hour meditation, just taking a few minutes and doing five box breaths can really serve your nervous system. And using the time that you actually have to do what you can and not worrying about the things that you aren't getting done, but focusing on what you can get done. So those were my specific instructions for Stephanie, but I think this whole episode is going to feed into into this conversation really nicely. Yeah, I can totally empathize with Stephanie's question because I fall into this trap myself. And I think most of us can easily identify a whole bunch of things in our lives that we want to change. You know, we might be working on our weight or our eating habits or our drinking habits Mm. or fitness, or even Mm -hmm. things like our financial situation, spending habits, our job, our relationship, any number of relationships. And sometimes when we get into this mode of self-improvement, we can get really overly ambitious and decide we're just going to fix everything at once. We're just going to become perfect versions of ourselves. It's kind of that January 1st syndrome, Mm -hmm. the New Year's resolution Mm -hmm. thing where we just decide, okay, from here on, from today forward, I'm just going to do it all right New year, new you. Yeah. It's such a fun thought. That phrase is so fun. Like it seems like it should be a good idea, but then yeah, it's exactly what we're talking about. It snowballs. You think, and while I'm at it, I'm also going to finally clean out that closet and I'm going to declutter my home. And you know, the list gets so long. And as Stephanie discovered, you know, if you try to change too many things at once, often you fail to get any traction really on any of them. And by focusing our efforts on one change at a time, we can often create a lot more change in our lives in the long term. And this would apply to projects that we want to accomplish or finish. It can apply to habits that we want to create, which is sort of a project. Mm -hmm. But focusing on a lot of projects at once or a lot of goals at once is a good way to make sure that none of them actually get done. And the consistency isn't there to actually see the the benefits of those things too. But I want to point out, like as Monica said, sometimes like we have these big lists and and we really need to call them down and focus on really one. Well, we'll get into how many a little bit later. But I know that can feel scary and a little bit sad because it feels like you're giving up on some of those goals. But I suggest to think of it more as backburnering something because I think putting something on the backburner means that it's still in sight. It's still on the stove. It's just not on the hot element. 
Man, I'm really torturing this metaphor, but <laughs> the point is, backburnering it doesn't mean that you're not going to do it or that it's not important or that it'll get forgotten. You just need to make sure that you capture those and, and don't let them go away. So that fear is sort of allayed, I suppose. Yeah, I think this is why uh, often we're unwilling to put anything on the back burner because mm -hmm. everything feels so important. And we just have to realize that if our focus is that scattered, what ends up happening in reality is they all end up on the back burner. So maybe it's mm -hmm. just a matter of reminding yourself that you're not going to be any worse off <laughs> if you just consciously decide to focus on only one thing at a time and put the others than if you don't consciously decide that, but that's the end result. Now, the good news is in this whole thing is that as each of those new behaviors or new habits or new goals really make their way into your life and feel really solid, you can then change your focus. You can go back to that list of things or look at the stuff that's on the back burner and bring them to the front. Yeah. And here's another thing to watch out for. If a goal that you're working on or a change or a habit that you're cultivating starts to feel difficult or tedious, you may feel a temptation then to switch your focus to another goal. And this <laughs> is totally a trap. <laughs> There's a writer, Jason Selk, who has some good writing on habit formation. And the way he describes it is that when we commit to a new goal or a project, that we go through kind of a honeymoon phase mm. where we're excited about it and there's a lot of novelty and we're taking action, you know, but that sooner or later, uh, the luster starts to wear off that shiny new object and we're through the honeymoon phase. And that's when we start to feel some resistance towards continuing the work. And he calls that the fight through phase, that you have to be able to fight through that part of it in order to actually get to a solid habit formation. And if, as soon as you get to that resistance, that so-called fight through phase, that's when you just kind of shift your focus to something else. Well, let me, let me work on this instead. Then you never get through that to that phase of solid habit formation. So I think that's a good thing to, to keep in mind. You actually... He, he says you actually want to get to that fight through phase and you want to have two or three fight throughs, as he calls them, mm. which is sort of a necessary part of the process. So I would just say, be on guard for that temptation to kind of put something down and pick something else up, because that could be right at that moment where you need to fight through that resistance in order to secure that habit. I think that's really interesting, too, that the response to where you should be fighting through is actually it's almost an excitement. It's like, like, oh, I'm going to start on this other project. And that can so be such a, it can feel like such a positive thing mm -hmm. because you're like, oh, well, I've got this other thing on my list. I'm going to start working on that. So you can actually fool yourself into thinking like I'm making even better progress because I've yeah. moved on to another thing on my list. Where feels very constructive. Yeah. 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 And, it, and really what you should be doing is doubling down on that first behavior mm -hmm. and getting through that, that phase instead of moving on to something else. That, man, that's tricky. Yeah, our our brains are tricky things. And I guess the, the sort of the final thing on on that is if you can get through that fight through phase and if you if you really stay focused, it can often help with other aspects of our lives too. Like if you're not constantly as Stephanie said in her in her voicemail earlier, if you're not always feeling like you're not actually getting anything done or you're, everything's fighting for your attention, that can spill into all different parts of your life and your time management feels like it's out of control and you've mental overwhelm. So really narrowing it down and focusing and being deliberate, having real purpose in your focus can actually, well, create more focus in your entire life too. So 
Maybe we've convinced you now that focusing your attention on one or two things is a good idea, but now the question is, how do you decide what of that long, long list of things that is worthy of your attention Mm. you're going to tackle first? And I want to suggest that there are three different ways you might want to think about this, three, three different aspects that you could consider in picking something. One is to look at your list and think about whether any of these things are keystone habits or keystone projects, which are likely to have a bunch of cascade effects that Mm -hmm. by doing this one thing, seeing this one thing through to completion, it's actually going to make other things easier or maybe even unnecessary. So uh, you always want to be on the lookout for those keystone habits or projects. So a couple of examples might be going to bed earlier. That may just be one in your many list of things that would make your life work better. But if you could actually pull that off, it could have all kinds of cascade benefits. You know, you may feel more energized when you wake up in the morning and be more likely to get an exercise session in. It will very likely affect your appetite. You won't be as snacky, as hungry all the time, because when we're sleep deprived, it really does impact our appetite. So that could make improving your eating habits work better or more more easily. So going to bed earlier could actually help you make progress on all kinds of other goals just by getting that done. So that would be an example. Or another one might be cutting back on drinking alcohol in the evening, because that uh, tends to set off a different set of cascade effects, right? You have Mm. a glass of wine and that leads to the second glass of wine and that leads to sort of the the snacking (laughs) and the staying up late and then not going to bed. (laughs) And so, um, you know, really focusing on, you know what, I really want to limit the number of days that I have a glass of wine in the evening or whatever you want to work on. That could be another one of those keystones. So that's one way you could take a look at your list and prioritize one or two over the others because it's likely to have some of those spillover effects. Okay, a second dimension that you might think about is the impact of the change that you're considering versus your readiness to do it. And Mm. I'm borrowing this concept from BJ Fogg. He's another behavioralist. He's got some great resources uh, put together. We'll we'll drop a link to his stuff in the show notes. But he talks about selecting priorities by considering, you know, which one of these changes is going to have the biggest impact on my life, but also which one of these am I actually ready to take action on? Mm. And then you want to try to find that sweet spot Um, between something that will have an impact, but that you're ready to move forward on. If something would have a massive impact, but you're absolutely not ready to actually do it, that's not going to get you very far. But you might also find yourself really willing to tackle a whole list of things that are going to have only minimal impact. That also doesn't get you that far down the road. So he suggests kind of looking at that as a matrix and trying to find the, those things that will have both impact and that you're ready to tackle. Often it builds more momentum and actually makes you feel like you're you're making more progress and feel good about the changes that you're making if you start with something that's a little less important, perhaps, or maybe just something smaller, simpler, and attainable, like Monica was just saying, rather than something that's super duper impactful, that's much more complex and, and may actually sort of make you abandon your whole process. Instead of building momentum, it could actually sort of take away some momentum. So in that in that vein, the third thing that will help you decide which 
thing to tackle first or tackle next is the beliefs. Because, you know, our ability to convert our intentions into behaviors depends on two things. The first thing is we have to believe that that behavior will benefit us. And the second thing is that we have to believe we can actually do it. So those are three different ways that you could look at your list and think about what things you want to move to the top of your list, move to the front burner. Mm-hmm. And there's really no right or wrong answer here. You'll see that there's um, some self-awareness involved here. We're just inviting you into a process of uh, introspection so that you can make a good informed decision on what you want to tackle first. And I guess that sort of leaves us with the question of when do we know when it's ready, when we're ready to tackle the next thing on the list? And, you know, I think depending on the size of the change, you may feel like you can handle adding a few different changes in at different times. And I think especially that can be true if they're in completely different areas of your life. For example, let's say on your list of desired changes that you want to bring into your life, you have... I want to slow down and enjoy my meals more. But later on down your list of behaviors, you have, let's say, do your financial budget balancing weekly instead of monthly or quarterly. Now, I feel like because those two behaviors are so unlikely to clash or occupy the same part of your brain or the same time of day, that you probably can tackle those at the same time as long as you don't try to do your finances at the dinner table because that'd probably sabotage both of them. I think you could probably try tackling them at the same time. Well, I have to admit, I, I think I see this a little bit differently. I see the point that you're making that, you know, we we do have room in our life to think about more than one thing at a time. And I take your point about changes that are kind of in, in different realms of our life. Mm-hmm. But I think also we want to look at the time frames. So if you've identified three things that you want to do, and they all seem to be kind of in different realms of your life, but they all involve adding a new behavior to your daily routine, I feel like that could be kind of overwhelming. Mm. Um, you know, making one change on a consistent basis every day is is a lot. But if, you know, one of them were something that you wanted to try to do every single day, and one of them were something that you wanted to add into your weekly routine, you know, maybe that's the the sort of separation that would make it possible. So for example, for Stephanie, she might decide, I really want to meditate every single day. I'm going to make that a priority. Mm. I'd be happy if I could just practice yoga once a week. Mm. And, and maybe, you know, combining them in that perspective would make it easier than for her to say like, yep, every day I want to meditate. I want to journal. I want to do yoga. I want to do all of these things. So just keep in mind what kind of commitments you're making on a daily basis and and try not to overload yourself with too many new things. I think that's the, ultimately, once they're not new, it is possible to get a lot done in the course of a day. But new behaviors always take a little bit of extra energy and a little bit of extra cultivation to, to really take hold. I think what we're getting at here is that it's a lot more nuanced than just saying only do one and only do only do three or whatever it happens yeah. to be. Well, and I think one last thing that you might want to consider is how much time you're going to want to focus uh, on a certain thing or how long it's going to take you to accomplish a certain project. I mean, you may have something on your to-do list that with full focus, you could knock out in a week. Mm. You may have something else on your list that would really require your focus and your commitment for a month or a quarter Uh, three months, you know, to actually get it done. And so keep that in mind too. How long are you going to have to prioritize this in order to either cross it off your list or have, you know, completely 
internalized it and added it to your daily routine. And knowing that you'll be able to move on to another item on your list when you get to the end of that time frame can can also be kind of motivating, can make it easier for you to say, yep, I am going to back burner this, but I can see that by focusing on this now, the latest I would have to wait before picking that up would be two months from now or two weeks from now, instead of just having everything being kind of kicked down the road together. So all of this really won't ever come to fruition if you don't make a plan. We need to create a plan for putting these intentions into action and also for removing the barriers that might keep you from following through. And often the barrier, the biggest barrier is that you haven't established when you're going to do these things or how you're going to do these things or where you're going to do these things. So the plan is always going to be the crux, no matter how long it's going to take you or what order you're doing them in. You've got to make the plan. So let us know what you're working on and how we can help. And if you want to leave us a voicemail like Stephanie did, you can go to speakpipe.com slash change academy and record us a message. You might even hear your voice in a future episode. We will be back soon with another episode. And here's to the changes we choose. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinagle.